But I was on council. These numbers may have changed under the recent administration. But only 30% of our employees are female. Out of how many employees do we have? I don't know. 800 plus. But that, as I have pointed out in the past, is very disturbing to me. Well, um, I know historically a lot of things have been disturbing to former city councilwoman Sherry Myers, uh, now as a private citizen, just raising her alarm bells over things that catch her interest. And um, yet, <laughs> I would ask the question, um, and I apologize for kind of just throwing that on you at uh, 710 here on a, uh, a semi-sunny, I guess, Thursday morning. Um, but she raised this in the context of the pay raises that the mayor was proposing, kind of not quite across the board, but fairly significant pay raises for the city of Pensacola. They voted on a couple weeks ago, um, and which are good, which are very good. And her problem, though, is she says, y'all aren't doing enough for women, which is kind of interesting to hear several of the women on city council, at least two of them, kind of stand up in response to Sherry Myers and say, hey, we actually are doing a lot for women. You know, just check your facts. Um, in fact, Jen Breyer said, I just want to say that I am incredibly proud that this mayor took it upon himself to look at the salaries and to try to bring so many people up to a more livable wage. You had asked, like, the number of women firefighters, and I'm going to get this wrong, and, and she's going to get this right, but it was something like we only had two, I don't know, 4%, 3%. But the reality was we were well over, because I asked you to look this up, we were over the national average, true? We are right at that, council president, members of council, we are right at the national average. Okay, so we're at the national average now. Okay, so here's the thing. Is a If there is a lack, and I think there's less of a lack now, I think Mayor Robinson and uh, Mayor Reeves have both been working on this and trying to make you know opportunities for women as available as they possibly can be. In fact, we just had the resolution, which didn't really change much in practice, but to, you know, to make us a, um, an EOE and all that that we talked about yesterday with him. But um, if there still is a shortage of women in Pensacola city government roles, is that just because there's some kind of sexist barrier, there's some kind of bias, there's something we're not doing enough to reach out to women in government, or is it because the kinds of jobs that are available among the 800 jobs that the Pensacola City government offers, at least some of them are more likely to be opted for by men and not preferred by women. I mean, if you look across the whole scope of the jobs that the Pensacola City, you know, you have sanitation, fire, police, right? Public works, okay? Are those jobs equally interesting to men and women? And I would say the answer is no. Many of those jobs are going to be much more desired by men than desired by women. And so you're going to get a natural disparity in employment. And it was kind of interesting because Sherry Myers sort of brought this point up. There's some departments that don't even have women, sanitation being one of them. So when I ask about sanitation, I think we may have one woman uh, driving a truck now. There were no women. And those are actually pretty good-paying jobs. They're good-paying jobs that women don't want. <laughs> That's, I, you know... Like, to me, that's the explanation here. I mean, ask yourself the question, is a lower percentage of women doing sanitation jobs, uh, you know, trash trash men, 
women, trash persons, trash people, <laughs> which sounds like a, an insult and it's not. Uh, I'd very much appreciate that trash people do their jobs. But ask yourself if you go on a random survey of a thousand men and a thousand women, would you be a trash collector? Out of a thousand men, you might get, I mean, what, a hundred? Would say even theoretically, 900 are going to say no. The vast majority of men don't want that job too, right? Even though it pays well. But out of a thousand women, what are you going to get? Five would say yes? Maybe? Ten? Maybe? Why? Because men and women are different. They have different interests. They have different bodies. They, you know, while many, many men might look at the repetitive, stressful, physical labor and putting up with the smell and the obnoxiousness of being a trash thrower, you know, because you got the drivers on the one hand, which is also a very low female employment situation. And that is true across the board. That is not unique to the city of Pensacola. Um, the actual physical picking up of the trash to the degree that's still done. I know it's mostly automated, but okay. Um, men maybe look at that job and think I could do that. Women look at that job and say, I don't want to do that. So is it racism or sorry, is it sexism or is it just the differences between men and women who wants to do a job? And I think it's the latter more often to explain it. And then when you look at the mixture of jobs that the city offers, I think that compared to, say, I don't know, radio work, you know, where there just aren't a lot of, there's not a lot of distinction within the radio world here at, like, News Radio and Cat Country, there's there's not many jobs you could look at and say, well, that's more likely a female job or a male job. It just isn't. But I think if you look at municipal employment, you're going to see a lot more jobs where there's going to be gender distinctions based on what typically men and women want from a job. So it's not sexism. It's not discrimination. You're not failing if you get 30%, just like you're not failing if you get a couple of percent in fire because women don't want to be fire fire people. Firemen? I don't care. They just don't want it, so that's why you don't have it. And you can do everything you want to try to entice women. And listen, the PFD is very pro-woman. I mean, we have a female chief. You know, how much more do you want? Well, there's only so far you can push the noodle that doesn't want to be in the pot, right? And that's the problem you've got here. We'll come back to this in a second because I thought Jen Brer and Tenny Day Broughton had really good comments on this. Uh, Jake's got traffic on the fives first. Well, even though it's a very busy travel day for most in this country, uh, we're looking great around Pensacola. No delays on Burgess or Olive. Davis Highway is clear from the I-10 overpass through Creighton, Brenton, Fairfield. Uh, uh, let's see here. All clear from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is looking great. Highway 90 coming out of Milton through Pace is looking good. No accidents reported. And Highway 29 South through Cantonment is flowing smoothly. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let me know on our traffic tip line, 437-1620. This is Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to the city council where they are talking about, well, Sherry Myers raised the, I think, absurd objection that not enough women are doing sanitation jobs and some of the other municipal jobs that the city hires for. Jen Brayer, uh, city councilwoman. There's sometimes, like with sanitation, I don't believe that people are unwilling to hire women. It's that there has not traditionally been women in these fields, and I think that you have someone like Chief who's out there walking around being proud. I mean, that's going to attract young girls more than anything we can do up here. No, I, I agree with that. And there are there are certainly some historic structural disincentives. I don't know if I'd say barriers, but disincentives. But once you get rid of all that stuff, you know, once you make it clear that we'll hire anybody who can do the job, as long as they're able to do the job, you're still not going to get true female-male parity in all fields. And certainly not in fields that are more intensive towards physical labor, um, that are more intensive towards unpleasant environments, that are more intensive towards uh, unpleasant schedules, maybe. There's all kinds of reasons why you might have this be the case. Tenny Day Broughton, similar kinds of points. Just the other morning, 
I saw that my new delivery or the new trash, what do you call them? Sanitation worker, I guess, was a woman. I'd never seen that. Trash before. people. I've never had a woman who picked up the trash in my, I've never seen that in my life. I will just say it much. But um, so there's that. And then I know you probably haven't been up here in a while, but it's teeming with ladies up there. <laughs> and I, actually, I'm, I'm, I was proud to see it. So I can say that the city's working on it. And I see now more than I ever have since I've been here. So there's been a lot of progress. Just wanted you to know that. And, and something weird, I think, would be happening if you actually got to 50% in some of these fields. Got a bunch of texts in on this subject, 437-1620, if you want to share your perspective. Uh, one person here says, as an employer who has a difficult time filling uh, physicians, I think is the, I assume that's not a, I assume that's right. Sometimes text, voice to text. Um, it might be positions. I would hire any candidate, male, female, black, white, tall, short, young, old. I do not care. I just need the position filled. Um, I think it's positions. Um, there is no such thing as discrimination anymore when it comes to finding good employees. I mean, how many employers are just desperate to get the bodies? I mean, you think we're turning away women from sanitation jobs and fire department? I mean, it's, just, it's so absurd, this allegation. Um, and then somebody else here texts in and says, well, just consider this. I mean, what if you showed up at the, uh, the school board and you said, do you realize that uh, the elementary school teachers are like 85% women? How dare you? It's disgusting the way you discriminate against men. <laughs> no, it's self-selection. It's not institutional bias. It's the kind of jobs people want. I mean, there might be other factors sometimes, but not as the rule. And this is the silliness of the kind of gender anarchy agenda that says that everybody should be totally equal and interchangeable and there's no distinctions between anybody. Um, shush, stop. This is, you're false. You're trying to force a world full of actual people to behave according to an ideological paradigm that doesn't exist anywhere in the actual world. Four three seven sixteen twenty. Similar comments I got in from somebody who um, uh, oversees CDL fleet and said, "There's a national shortage of CDL. Um, very few females. And when you, you when you do put people through the program, they don't even stick with it. Like they kind of try, and they're like, that's not for me. That's kind of the point. Sherry is arguing for something that cannot be accomplished. And you know, it's just the reason I bring it up is not to pick on Sherry. Sherry's a friend, okay, but um, she's I." We don't agree about almost anything. But I thought it was representative of a view, especially in this culture where over the decades we've kind of been trained to think that that view is one that we shouldn't criticize. That when somebody says women can do anything men can do or that there ought to be equal representation in all of these fields and just kind of this whole gender-blind nonsense viewpoint. And I wanted to bring it up because... It's important to occasionally remind the world that there are men and there are women that are not the same. We shouldn't try to make them the same, and we shouldn't find ourselves disappointed in a reality in which the facts about men and women don't wind up being identical. That's okay, because men and women are not identical. 722 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. 
Join Keith and Pam, your insurance experts with Ferris Health Partners, Monday at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Learn how to save money on your health care costs. Find the right insurance products that best fits the needs for you and your family as you head towards retirement or are looking for options now. They will be taking your calls and questions Monday at 9 with Ferris Health Partners on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Here's today's Strength for Life with your host, Pastor James C. Johnson. Here's a question for Christians. What year was it that you were saved? I'm asking, when were you converted to Christ? And I'm not asking, when were you baptized or when did you receive the Lord's Supper? I'm not asking about religious works that you have done, but I'm asking you, when did you receive the work that Christ has done for you? When was it that you were convicted about your sin? When was it that you called on Christ to save you from the consequences of your sin? When did you seek God's forgiveness? For me, it was June of 1988. When was it for you? If you have never received Christ's forgiveness, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. Looking for unique and one-of-a-kind gift ideas this holiday season? Look no further. Furman Proper, an amazing gift shop nestled in Gulf Breeze Proper, has a wide selection of gifts, custom engraving, and local products. They also have one of the largest selections of coastal Christmas ornaments and decor that you need to see. Furman Proper has gifts for everyone on your list, including yourself. Furman Proper is located in your neighborhood Walmart shopping center in Gulf Breeze Proper and online at priminproper.com. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College on the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Key Marine Center is sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. It's a dream team, so join them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. Hi, this is Tasca King with ADX Digital and Radio Advertising Sales, wishing you and your family a very happy new year. News Radio 923. Hey, that'll work. Do you got any Christmas music? This is Christmas music. It was December 24th on Hollis Avenue, the dark, when I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park. Good morning, 725 News Radio 92.3. Mark yourself safe from the Nakatomi Plaza incidents. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, oh man, I'm a, this is, well, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, I uh, We were visiting relatives over the weekend and went to their church, and uh, the pastor had a really good sermon, a very good sermon, and the the starting off point for his sermon was if you list off all of your top Christmas movies, you know, you go through the list and you include whatever you include on that list. You know, Santa Claus, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, uh, Rudolph, uh, whatever, you Die Hard, it doesn't matter, whatever you pick. Um, all great movies, many, many more that I did not name. Only thing is, in all these great movies, the one thing they don't do very often is mention Jesus. <laughs> they're just 
Jesus is missing from most all of the Christmas movies. Charlie Brown Christmas special is about the one other, right? You know, or nativity scene or some, uh, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's a good point that, you know, kind of like much of Christmas winds up being the gifts and Santa and the tree and the trimming and the, all of this stuff and not being much about, you know, the actual reason that we celebrate. And you do with that what you will, but it's it was a good observation. And he was right that just like Christmas itself. But I will say, I take a different view of that criticism, I think, than the pastor did somewhat, although I agree with him. And I'll tell you my view on that in just a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. We're looking great out there this morning. Nothing major to report. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Highway 98 eastbound and westbound through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. Nothing slowing you down there. If you're headed out of Milton this morning through Pace, you're clear up to Scenic Highway and beyond. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let me know. Call or text me on our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. So, um, again, Criticism of Christmas in general is, uh, by many Christians, is that it's, you know, too many other things besides Jesus. You know, the incarnation is the central miracle of the history of mankind. And um, that's a problem. And then the criticism from the pastor in the sermon, which I thought was a very good sermon, is that most of the Christmas movies that you love, even the ones that Christians love to watch, uh, do not typically focus on Jesus at all. Even the miracle-centered ones, you know, the life-changing ones, you know, the you know Miracle on 34th Street or, uh, well, it's not quite that, but, you know, um, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, it's not really Jesus, it's kind of God vaguely and an angel, it's not Jesus, uh, and that's a problem. I will say this, that is a problem, and there's truth in that criticism, but here's another way to think about it. Think about it this way. Um, Christians who care about the incarnation being the central element in the story around why we celebrate will make that the central story in what they do with their families and we'll make sure that that's a part of it. Um, but to me, the the gift of Christmas, the incarnation, the story, the wise men, all of that stuff, and then all the peripheral stuff that came later that doesn't really have anything to do with that, you know, like the Santa and the tree and all that, um, is a great example of how God works. God creates his thing that has an unbelievable, just basic nature to it. And then it also winds up creating sort of ripples of blessing that make the world better, even if they don't honor the main thing that it exists for. Gift-giving time with family, gratitude, celebration, taking pictures, all the food, all the stuff that surrounds Christmas that isn't exactly centered on the Incarnation— is still good stuff for people. It's still good for culture. It's still healthy. And so it might not be the fullness of what a thing should be or mean, but it's still good. And so even the people who don't honor Jesus in the season, they're still doing something that is good for them to do and I think is sort of the just ongoing blessing of amazing things that God does. It winds up blessing even the people who aren't honoring the main thing it's for. So don't be too upset about that. Still recognize that as kind of God's common grace is what is sometimes it's called by theologians. 437-1620, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The mayors of Chicago, New York City, and Denver are now teaming up to call for federal support in dealing with the migrant crisis. All three city leaders urging the feds to step up resources for asylum seekers. Uh, this comes as uh, more migrants are Uh, heading to those cities each year. Uh, The Biden administration sending $250 million in military aid to Ukraine. The State Department yesterday announcing what's expected to be the last aid package until Congress approves more funding requests. And Andrew, the results are in for the most Googled person of 2023. 
And it is Andrew. No, it's not. It's uh, NFL player Demar Unlikely. Hamlin. Yeah. Demar Hamlin. Demar oh, Hamlin. After the hit that knocked him out of the game and almost killed him. did kill him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Temporarily. Right. Uh, and he's, of course, since made his full recovery. Interesting. It's interesting that that would be the number one person searched. Maybe it's a, a, a function of not just the significance of the story, but how many people didn't know the person who was at the center of the big well, story. Right? It also happened last January, so they had all year uh, to all search All year to search it, it. Yeah. yeah. And the return to the NFL all that stuff. All right, uh, David, thank you so much for the update. He'll have local news coming up next after Fox, and then we'll talk to Mike Wood from the Pensacola Police Department. Coming up next. Mexican and U.S. officials appear to reach an agreement on migrants on the shared border, but details are expected to be released in a joint statement at some point. The issue is a priority for the Biden administration, with Republicans in Congress demanding a crackdown on immigration in exchange for foreign aid. Unless we get a change in behavior on the southern border, we start executing the laws of the United States. We will not take up the Ukraine funding. That's Texas Congressman Keith Self on Fox Business. In Missouri, Gypsy Rose Blanchard has been released from prison three years early. She was serving a 10-year sentence after uh, pleading guilty to second-degree murder of her mom, Dee Dee, who forced Gypsy to pretend to be disabled for years. The case spawned an HBO documentary. Gypsy's then-boyfriend, Nick Godijan, admitted to killing Dee Dee. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 731 at News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. Right now, 47 degrees. It is mostly clear this morning in Pensacola. 2023 will go down as a very successful year for the city of Pensacola, at least in terms of getting grant dollars. Back in February, the city announced they'd established a grants office. Kevin Boyer was hired to head that up, and special projects coordinator uh, Joel Holland was hired as senior grant writer. Why don't we get someone waking up every day, focus on that, and then we get to let our department directors wake up every day and be, get a little more urgent in their departments. And so I think it's the combination of that, the $72 million plus just as many irons in the fire that we've got right now I think is what I'm really proud of is that combination. Mayor D.C. Reeves there, he says the city was successful in securing $72 million in grants for the city. A controversial symbol of Florida's past, no longer visible in Jacksonville. The city yesterday removed a Confederate monument from their Springfield Park. The monument was dedicated to the women of the Confederacy and had been installed in 1915. A local company expanding their operations in Santa Rosa County, Golf Cable, buying 30 acres, uh, 30 additional acres in the Santa Rosa Industrial Park. They eventually plan to build uh, build up their facility to be 1.2 million square feet. Over the years, they have grown from... Uh, initially a 20,000 square foot facility in Pensacola to 70,000 square foot hill here in Santa Rosa County. And now uh, 600, a little over 600,000 square feet with the hopes and dreams of going to, I think 1.2 million in the next few years. Santa Rosa County's economic development director, Shannon Ogletree says, currently the company has about 400 employees. They're envisioning adding anywhere from two to 400 additional employees over the next several years. A Pensacola man has been sentenced to 23 years in prison for uh, the repeated abuse of five children. State Attorney's Office says Eric Suggs was found guilty on one count of aggravated child abuse and four counts of child abuse. Back in November of 2022, Pensacola police responded to a suspected abuse call uh, with children ranging from 13 months to 11 years old. Investigators say all those kids had injuries from being be- beaten with belts and charging cords. 
Local mother and father living out a terrible nightmare. Their 24-year-old daughter's gone missing from a local addiction treatment center. She has mental health issues. She doesn't have any identification. She has nothing with her, no phone, nothing. Anna Lawson tells Channel 3 that her daughter, Isabel Lawson, walked away from the uh, treatment center for women in Pensacola on Tuesday. She was last seen at the Circle K on Cervantes in North Davis. And at that point, she was reportedly asking people for rides. We've posted uh, photos of the young woman on the News Radio Facebook page. Anybody with information on her current location is asked to contact the Pensacola Police Department. It is 735 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jake, what are you seeing? Well, not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents reported yet this morning. Uh, looks like Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. I do have an accident that popped up on a side street there, Hickory Shores Boulevard at uh, Ocean Breeze Lane in Gulf Breeze. Uh, zooming into where this is showing up, it looks like it's off of... Highway 98 um, on a side street there on, uh, yeah, on uh, Ocean Breeze Lane, which goes across uh, Highway 98 there. But I don't see any slowdowns or or uh, congestion happening from that. Uh, also, I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Uh, if you're headed out of Milton through Pace this morning, you're clear up to Scenic and on into Pensacola. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking and clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down this morning, please let me know. Call or text me on our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thank you very much, Jake. Now our Channel 3 weather forecast with Brooke Richardson. We are going to have a much cooler afternoon today. Sunny skies high near 53 degrees. Overnight tonight getting very cold. Temperatures dropping near 35 degrees. As you go into Friday, sunny skies continue with a high near 52. Friday night temperatures dropping near 36 degrees. For Saturday, a nice sunny and cold pattern does continue 55 degrees. Saturday night temperatures dropping near 40. This is Burke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 47 in Pensacola, 50 in Gulf Breeze, 47 in Milton. Your next news at 8. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne. News Radio 923. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Experts have predicted the mortgage rate needed to unfreeze the real estate market. Ken Shinoda, a portfolio portfolio manager at Double Line Capital, believes 5% interest rates will result a spike in home resales and available inventory. Redfin says the current 7% rate along with the median home price of $420,000, one would have to earn at least $115,000 a year to comfortably live. Wendy's is offering one-cent bacon cheeseburgers this week in commemoration of National Bacon Day on December 30th. Customers must sign into Wendy's online reward store and find the deal in available offers. Only a single one-cent burger can be purchased per order, and an additional item must be bought with the order through the app. The deal will be available through January 2nd. And on Wall Street, futures are little change. That index inching closer to an all-time high. The Dow Industrials were up 111. That's your money now. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like CMEX Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. 
You've heard the buzz about IT jobs and cybersecurity and AI, right? Why not prepare for a career in these fields and take advantage of the high demand? You could enjoy a more rewarding and recession-resistant lifestyle. Train in just a few short months at My Computer Career. No experience necessary. Already in IT? Skill up for positions employers need to fill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in-depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Stream us live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 92.3 and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. Good morning, 739 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Uh, Merry Christmas, if I haven't said it to you yet. Uh, good to have you with us. Mike Wood is the Public Information Officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Joins me every Thursday. Mike, welcome back to the show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good morning. Good morning. So as you heard David mentioning in the uh, news uh, pretty much every half hour, we are currently searching for a missing 24-year-old woman who... Uh, I guess she had been in addiction treatment and uh, wandered off or got out and was trying to get in somebody's car and get away. And Isabel Lawson is her name, and we're concerned about her quite a bit. What do we know at this point? Yeah, she's 24 years old, blonde hair, blue eyes. She's 5'11", about 120 pounds. And, uh, you know, we want to know where she's at. So her parents, they're, they're desperate to find her. And uh, we have officers, investigators on the case uh, looking for her. So if anybody sees her, uh, or female walking, uh, riding, that des- description like that, please give us a call. Uh, you know, if she's trying to um, uh, change the way she looks, she may cut her hair, but um, we need to, we need that phone call. The parents need the phone call. we just like to get a hold of her, find out where she's at, make sure she's okay. And she was last seen in the vicinity of Cervantes, and where was the Cross Street-ish? Sixth Avenue. The Sixth Circle Avenue. K right there at Sixth and Cervantes. Okay, right there. Okay, I got you. Very good. Um, I had been meaning to ask you this, and it's just been a couple weeks since you and I have talked, but I believe you have a semi-announcement. It's maybe a couple of days since it started, but uh, big news is the um, the shot spotter is installed. Is that right? Yeah, it's finally up and running, and boy, have we been using it. In fact, the very first uh, activation that we had was uh, 10 shots fired um, over off of the Villers, and we did not get one single phone call on it. So if we did not have that uh, shot spotter working, we would have never known that shooting or those shots were fired. Fortunately, yeah. nobody was hurt in that incident. And we've had uh, we've had a few since then. One involved a teenager getting shot in the leg, and then uh, we had another one, uh, I believe it was on the night of the 23rd, where several shots were fired. Uh, there was a, a disturbance involving juveniles, but fortunately nobody was struck in that gunfire either. So, uh, okay, so that's three incidents, and I mean, amazing that you had 10 shots fired and nobody called, but that's part of what you and I have talked about so many times is that the value of this technology is not just the instantaneous dispatch and uh, the triangulation of the point of fire, the ability to recover evidence, the ability to get to the scene more rapidly, maybe catch somebody fleeing if they're in a car, but all of that in addition to the fact that shots get fired and nobody reports it. 
um, which, you know, is a problem. So you, 10 shots fired, nobody called it in, but because we had ShotSpotter, you guys were able to show up and find out what happened. Do you know what happened in that case? No, just besides the shots getting fired, we don't. But the thing about it is, Andrew, if 10 shots are fired and lots of people hear that and they're all thinking somebody else will call the police, I'm not going to worry about it, I don't want to get involved. And if everybody thought like that, then we could have somebody bleeding to death in the street uh, and no help is coming. So, uh, so fortunately, we have ShotSpotter up and running, and, um, and and we're glad to have it. It's certainly a long time overdue in Pensacola. And again, for people this, to whom this might be new information, uh, it does not mean the entire city. It's just these three particular square miles uh, that are covered by it, uh, mostly on the, what, central uh, Pensacola downtown area and toward the west side. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And this program can be upgraded to cover more area in the future. So it's really, um, uh, it's endless as far as, you know, as far as what it can cover. We just, uh, once the funds are available and the need is there, then we can expand it if we need to. Uh, and you said, just to follow up, the teen, group of teens where they were had the gunshots fired, uh, were there any arrests in connection to that uh, when you guys responded? Anything else about that incident you yeah. can tell us? Yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a large crowd there. Uh, they were not um, listening. Where, where to was this at? I'm sorry. Officers. Where was this at? It was um, uh, tw- the 2500 block of West Cervantes Street. Gotcha. Uh, I think the place. I think it's a business called the Vibe. But uh, yeah, they were refusing commands, and pepper spray had to be deployed. Hmm. Uh, and we ended up with one arrest. Fortunately, you know, most of them, most of the uh, those involved, ran from us. Uh, when officers arrived. Okay, I gotcha. And so you mentioned that there were three incidents. Is it just, I mean, I don't want to say just three in a week, but has it just been three in in the week since it's been installed? Um, I believe it's been three or four. I can't remember where the fourth one was, but I do know no injuries were involved in that one as well. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. In the first week, we've got three of these. It's, I mean, terrible, but, you know, amazing. Um, we also had, uh, you guys had a chase that involved some juveniles, right? Yeah, it was uh, involved a red Dodge Charger. It was driving recklessly. When the officer got behind it, it took off and eventually crashed out on Palafox near Cross Street. It was a pretty serious crash. It crashed into a, a white suburban. Fortunately, the people in that vehicle uh, were not injured seriously, but um, officers put a canine on the ground. Several were in the area, and they were able to apprehend, uh, I believe it was three individuals from the from the vehicle that fled from us. And any other information? I mean, uh, juveniles, uh, guns, drugs, anything like that? Uh, I'm not completely sure on that, on, on what the what the final charges were. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, and you guys did a cool thing uh, for Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, so Christmas Eve was busy in both good and bad ways for us. Uh, for the fourth year in a row, we went to Sacred Heart Children's Hospital uh, and, and lit the place up. Where there were probably 50 or 60 uh, emergency vehicles from police cars, ambulances, fire trucks, were there, and we all turned them on at the same time at 5.30 that night. A lot of children were in the windows looking out and waving at us. And, uh, you know, they want to be anywhere but in the hospital on Christmas Eve, and hopefully we brought some smiles to their faces. They certainly brought smiles to our faces. And, uh, and uh, again, it was the fourth year in a row. We loved doing that on Christmas Eve. Um, and then, unfortunately, right after that, an officer just left there and was vo- involved in a, in a pretty bad crash um, on Maxwell at Haines Street. Uh, he was hit by a drunk driver, so um, fortunately, he, he's going to be okay. Uh, we lost to Tahoe in the incident, but the, the officer is going to be fine, and the other person that we charged with DUI was uh, was not injured seriously. Well, I, Maxwell and Hayne, just like on the way back to station, is that kind of, I mean, that's awful. 
So I'm not sure exactly where he was. I know he was headed westbound on Maxwell, and okay. then the, the individual that was DUI was coming off of Interstate 10 and just blew the stop sign, mm. and uh, the two vehicles collided. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, I mean, okay. I I have a, you know me, you know, my brain's a little bit different. Um, And so I had this weird idea, because it's always struck me when we do the, like, light up the first responder lights at the hospital or whatever, there's one part of me that thinks, I hope that doesn't scare anybody, <laughs> you know, at the hospital. And then I got to thinking, blue and red lights going off, was there, is there any, I don't even know what it would take, like, physically take, but has anybody come up with the idea to take some kind of a translucent yellow plastic covering and put it over the blue light so that you would actually get red and green lights? That's pretty deep. That's a good question. Um, you know what? I, you know what? I got 12 months to figure that out. I just, you know, Christmas, green, I don't know. It just occurred to me, you know, maybe it's not feasible. Maybe it's too cost prohibitive. I don't know. But that was my idea. So uh, do with it what you will. You know, that's always the case. Um, hang on for just a second, Mike. We're talking to Mike Wood, the uh, public information officer for Pensacola Police Department, who does indulge me from time to time. Um, I, I want to talk to you about red light cameras a little bit when we come back. But uh, let's get Jake in here with traffic on the fives. Well, if you're driving through Milton this morning, we have a vehicle crash at Woodbine Road and Highway 90. Uh, but no issues really resulting from that crash. Otherwise, we're looking great. Everything's looking at posted speeds. This traffic report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping, celebrating 40 years in business on the Gulf Coast. Call us today for all your commercial and premium landscaping needs. If you see anything out there, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to Mike Wood, the uh, public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Um, uh, one of the things, obviously, that's coming fairly soon is the red light cameras. They just got first, assuming city council passes it on second reading, and I am assuming they will. Um, we, you guys put out a note uh, a week or two ago with all of the locations, mostly on Ninth Avenue, also on Fairfield, and then the, you know the one down on uh, Gregory and Ninth. Um, do we have a date when that's going to start happening? Of you guys started looking at equipment, made decisions, made purchase. I mean, I guess not purchases yet because it's not. But I don't know. You tell me where are we at in this process? Well, like you said, we have some logistical things that we've got to get through first. But um, our we don't have a target date per se, but we do have. Uh, I can tell you springtime, the first part of spring is something that we're we're hoping to get those cameras online by, by that point. Okay. All right. Very good. And um, one question that had come up over the last couple of days as I've been talking about this, people are asking me, in some municipalities, I guess, you're always going to get a photo uh, sent to you and then, or maybe more than one photo, kind of a before after photo to prove the point. But um, some people have said that in some cases, apparently there's video that you can ask to watch to confirm and make sure it wasn't one of those weird exceptions like you were caught behind a school bus and you couldn't see the light or something like that. Is there going to be a video component of this that the public is going to be able to see? Well, I don't know video. I do know that these systems have photographs. Some have video, some have just photographs. Uh, I do know that we will at least have photographs. And when you're talking about running a red light, photographs tend to be more uh, accurate because what we're looking for is that front bumper crossing over that stop bar. And if the camera has to be placed in a position to where we can where we can see if there was a violation when that light turned red. So uh, we do know that the systems have that. Um, each and every one of these um, uh, these uh, offenses will be looked at by a police officer before citation is sent out. So it's not a, a system where a machine takes a picture and then sends you automatically sends you a citation. It will be reviewed. Uh, by a police officer before, before any citations are issued. And and I am assuming, and you, I know the mayor has said this many times, and you have said this many times as well, that the, you know there is a physical person at PPD that's going to be in between the camera and the recipient of the ticket. 
Um, and I assume they're going to be empowered with not just, you know, make sure that the camera got it right, but also empowered with discretion about cases that might justify an exception to be made. We're not going to be sending out, you know, we're not going to, we're not trying to send tickets for things that people, we can understand why they would have been caught, but we're trying to send tickets to people who really are violating the law. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's some, there's a story sometimes that, you know, where people, if there's an emergency or something like that, and we certainly, uh, we certainly want to hear about that if, if that's the case. Very good. We always like to end with a uh, cop myth or a did you know. Do you have one for me this week? Yeah, I do. And it was a question that I was asked a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in fact, you were also. I saved it for today. But they were asking <laughs> nice. if Pensacola police officers. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to miss out. Uh, they <laughs> were you. asking if Pensacola police officers are required to carry firearms off duty. And the answer to that is no, they are not required to. But they most of them do. Uh, most of us do. And because it's, you, know, you never know when you may run into a situation to where you may need that. Uh, we're in plain clothes. We're driving our privately owned vehicles. And a lot of times things happen right there in front of us because the per- perpetrator, the suspects have no idea that police are present. And if you're going to intervene, uh, which we are required to do on, on felonies like that, um, then you, it would be, it wouldn't be too smart to do that without being armed. So, uh, so the answer to that question is no, we're not required to, but most every one of us do. Um, you know, it's the same thing. Officers are trained from the get-go when they're rookies to when they're sitting in restaurants. They're going to have their backs to the wall. They're going to be looking at the at doorways. You know, on, on airplanes, a lot of us sit in the back so we can see everybody on the aircraft. Things like that that we're just taught to do that are kind of automatic. So, um, so yes, most of us will be armed off duty. You don't just turn your being a cop identity off because you're not wearing the badge and the, and the uniform. Um, it, it, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it does it does raise a just kind of my perspective on that is when I know I'm going to some event where, and all of events are going to have some kind of, you know, uniform police, of course. Uh, but if I'm going to an event where I happen to know that, you know, uh, Pensacola police or, you know, Santa Rosa sheriffs or Scambia sheriffs or, you know, GBPD or whoever, if I know there's going to be cops there, I instantly feel safer because I guarantee you <laughs> the, the only gun in that place is not going to be in the uniform, right? That's correct. You're, you're right about that. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I, I won't get into the details because I, I know it's not the kind of thing that you necessarily want to, you know, tell everybody the case about. Um, but um, fair to assume that every once in a while, somebody might even have more than one. <laughs> Is that also fair to assume? That's fair. That's fair. Because, <laughs> you know, cops cops plan for contingencies, and contingencies don't go away just because you're not wearing the uniform. So, uh, anyway, uh, Mike Wood, Public Information Officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Sir, as always, a pleasure. Uh, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for the time and the good information. I appreciate you. Thank you. Happy New Year. 752 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. When I am thinking about my next vehicle, uh, and I want to think about it for a little while, but when I do, I'll go to Frontier Motors. And, and the reason is actually, there's lots of reasons why, but one of the reasons is because we bought a good car there. I mean, I know they've been advertised on the station for a long time, but we, I talked about them after buying the car because I had such a good experience. I basically went to my sales manager and said, can I do reads for them because they're such a good company? Uh, and, like, they embody, for example, the Dave Ramsey philosophy, which is, you know, buy a car that's a year, two, three years old so that you can avoid the depreciation and the sticker price. Um, and then you get that car for a long time. And, you know, the what they specialize in is not the kind of car that you hope it runs, but the kind of car that you know it's going to be good. Cars you don't have to worry about. Used cars that are almost new, again, with low miles and great condition, like A-quality condition is all they really sell. 
And you go there to get that kind of car and then to have it for a long time. It's really there's it's not a surprise that Dave Ramsey talks about them because they really fit his philosophy of financial management so well. And, of course, just a great local uh, outfit with good people and they treat you well and all of that. You know, I know from personal experience as well as from the experience of many other people that I have talked to. Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. I've been collecting watches since around 2018. Uh, made my first big purchase thinking that was going to be my only watch. When you're looking at watches and you're doing them online or if you're in the secondary market, it can be scary because there's a lot of fakes and I really do focus in on coming into uh, an authorized dealer like Berets for any of the Omega or Brightly purchases. They will let you try it on, take pictures, go home, think about it, and just really set your mind at ease. Come visit us at Beret Jewelers. Hi, I'm Dr. Ben McMillan, and I'm a chiropractor and the owner of Neal Clinic Comprehensive Healthcare. Are you tired of covering up your pain with medications and ready to find the source of your problem and fix it? Then tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel, live Friday mornings at 9 a.m., and I'll discuss how chiropractic care can help you. And if you miss Friday's show, you can listen to the replay Saturdays or anytime through the podcast. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. This is Lewis Fair from the Lewis Fair Company. Wishing you a safe and happy holidays. Please don't text and drive or drink and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Monroe Watley at Frontier Motors wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at the WEAR Morning News, and there's a lot more of us than you see every day on TV, we certainly wish you Happy Holidays. From our family to yours, all the joys of the season. Hi, this is David Wayne from the newsroom wishing you and your family a very Happy New Year. Happy New Year. News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Kevin, you're such a disease. I wish I was a sentimental ornament you hung on. The Christmas tree, I wish I was the star that went on top. I wish I was the evidence. I wish I was oh, Eddie Vedder could sing me the phone book. Uh, 7.56 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Jake has our traffic on the fives. Jake. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he's, um, okay. he's okay. He's all right. Uh, I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds this morning. Highway 98 eastbound and westbound through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. Nothing slowing you down there. If you're headed out of Milton this morning through Pace on Highway 90, you're clear all the way up to Scenic and on into town. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there this morning, please let me know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. You know, actually, uh, I th- you know, Eddie Vedder has such an interesting voice because the difference between him singing the you know the, the upbeat rock songs versus the the ballads mm-hmm. it's when he's singing the ballads and it's just like it's amazing and mm-hmm. you always think like what if eddie vetter had been i don't know a country singer <laughs> you know or just some completely it different still genre could happen he's still yeah it still could happen yeah. people do make the conversion uh, it's cool because when he tried out for pearl jam he just played their demo tape on a boom box and sang over it and recorded that and that gave them a tape of that and they're really? like this is the dude this yeah, is yeah that's him for sure yeah and like my favorite song from pearl jam is just breathe Mm. That song is just, ah, oh, and it's a, it's a slow song. You know, it's not yeah. even the upbeat stuff. 757 News Radio 92.3. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The Colorado Republican Party now asking the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the state 
Supreme Court ruling that former President Trump cannot be on the 2024 ballot. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken has been pledging to work with the president of Mexico. Uh, This is as a surge of thousands of migrants are crossing Mexico and reportedly heading towards the U.S. Mayors in several cities like New York are bracing. We expect the surge to intensify in the coming days and weeks. Uh, Secretary Blinken led the U.S. in a delegation in Mexico yesterday to discuss the issue with uh, Mexican President Lopez Obrador. And uh, Cher has now reportedly filed for conservatorship of her son, Elijah Blue Allman. Legal documents. Stop it. What's his name? Uh, Elijah Blue Allman. Go on. And legal documents obtained by the New York Post claim uh, she's filing to be the sole conservator of her son's estate because Allman is, quote, substantially unable to manage his own financial resources. Wait, is it Allman with an A-N or Almond like the nut? uh, Allman. Ah. I I thought it was... Blue nut boy. So, okay, all right, fair enough. That was the one that was kind of like, what Who names your child that? Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. Oh, I got a weird note. I got this is the kind of note that you're going to hate me for. You ready? Yeah. yeah. This, this, this is bad. I don't need a note, but okay. No, no here we go. Okay. <laughs> so, Back to the Future, right? Uh, Filmed uh, in 1985. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future, relatively famous movie. In Back to the Future, goes back from 1985, not to tell you the plot or anything. Uh, goes back to what year? Uh, 1955. That's right? exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. So, if Marty McFly and Doc Brown turned a Tesla, I guess, of today <laughs> into a time machine and went back in time to days of yore to change the future, they would go back to what year? Uh, I don't know. What? 1993. 93, really? So, the throwback destination for a currently set Back to the Future. <laughs> Would be 93. 5 to 9 with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.